Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. That's true. It's right. It, I, it, I know you're used to listening to canned recorded radio on Sundays, and you can hardly believe that rich and important talk show hosts would come oh, in. Oh, yeah. And, well, <laughs> at least talk show hosts. <laughs> Neither rich nor important. <laughs> but at the very least, we are doing a radio talk show for you to call in at 855-450-3733. We are rich because we have the best listeners. I, I, you know, I, I've thought about this. And and we have a job that's really fun. Yeah. You know, I mean, I am rich. I've got a, a wife I love, a family that I, um, you know, really, it's, it's great to spend time with. I'm, you know, my house may not be giant and my car may have dents, but, uh, you know, I am rich. Um, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about anything that you want to talk about, uh, material possessions, if that's what, uh, mm. what you want to talk about. But um, We have had a couple people over the years like call in and brag about how much money and stuff that they have. No, sure. That's always interesting, yeah, entertaining. Yeah, yeah. You know, money is kind of, it's kind of on a, a you know a yardstick of how successful you are to some extent a lot of people consider it yeah, that I mean, way sure you no know, you can it, it it is one of those things that you can rate success by and um people often want to be associated with success um if they're uh, you know in, in certain circumstances so i think that it you know there's a value to uh, to to ranking your success i i choose not to uh, <laughs> tell lies about uh, my level of success in order to uh, to impress people I think Free Talk Live is going to be an incredibly successful radio program, you know, uh, like any others. We're, uh, oh, I think it already is. We're, we're I mean, poised you to... Look at the feedback we've gotten over time just from all these people who have said, hey, like you expose me to the message of liberty. You're an entertaining show. I look forward to listening every day. That's huge. We're on a hundred more than a hundred radio stations, two XM channels. There's Very not even popular podcast. Yep, uh, we were the winner of the podcast awards, best political podcast five times. Um, it's the only podcast to ever win any of their awards five times, mm-hmm. and so that's really great. That's an annual award, and you know awards are good for what awards are good for. But uh, nonetheless, it's uh, you know some kind of uh, statement of uh, how popular Free Talk Live is. So you know there you go. And, and there's you, more to life than just money. I mean, there's. Some people measure success by fame or by influence or by how you're remembered or whatever. Um, and I don't know. I think you could make a good argument that Free Talk Live has reached a lot of people and you've kind of fulfilled, I don't know, maybe a, a long term goal of like sharing ideas. So, sure, I can define that as success. I'd just define paying off my mortgage as success. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Yeah, I wasn't intending to get into a conversation about uh, Free Talk Live success, but I think success is an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? Me too. My definition of it has really changed over my lifetime. You can't be that person that is like if if money is your our, um, your your guide to success, you're never going to be successful because there's always going to be somebody who's more successful than you. There are six True. something six point something billion people on the planet. And, you know, being born in America gives you a head start on the rest of them. But, you know, I mean, it's it's very difficult to be one of those people. And now the billionaires are attempting to give away their money in order to, um, you know, to, to make a better world. And I think that's great. Um, I think you can I think you can create a better oh, world you mean as like you're going. like the Gates Foundation and yeah. stuff. Yeah. A lot of billionaires are doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're giving away their money. And I think that's I think it's awesome. They're but, also being taxed. And everybody's being taxed, not just the billionaires, but and you could make an argument that the billionaires know how to avoid taxation better than everybody else and they can 
hire the lawyers and stuff. But as far as I'm concerned, um, it is you know I think it's a it's a, a you know a brave thing to try to avoid as many taxes as you possibly can so that you can give the money that you can then give the money to better um, organizations mm-hmm. and or you know even if that better organization is you make be, you know your family <laughs> your family and making um, you know being more successful because. You know, once you create something that is really successful and really generating some money, then it can go to, uh, you know, then it, you know, because, you know, these these taxes are kind of like these weights on businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they prevent them from being able to perform at their peak. So now, obviously, in a world where they're or to grow. Yeah. Yeah. They're it, just barely making it. You know, if they didn't have to pay these taxes, they'd be growing. But it, but now that they do, they're just kind of. St- struggling along and to some extent they're relatively fair in the sense that all businesses have to pay them so i mean i think that the the, you know the competition between businesses probably wouldn't change at that point but you know i think it's pretty presumptuous the government to say look we're going to uh there are things that there are things that give bigger businesses advantages though like well corporate personhood which we may talk about a little bit later on in the show but also just the amount of regulations i mean large established businesses know how to skirt around or comply with regulations whereas for a small business it can be really burdensome mm. to change a large you know process in their workflow or whatever to comply with something new Sure. I mean, you know, taxes can they they kill off four out of five businesses, you know, die in their infancy. And, uh, you know, I've had people tell me that it was the it was the weight of the taxes and the regulation that uh, that killed them off. And yeah, I don't doubt that. That's what the government discourages people, too, from ever starting businesses. Yeah. The government knocks out the bottom rungs of the ladder to success. Mm -hmm. And I think that we should. You know, we we should, you know, encourage people to be successful because that's what makes a better world. Um, if you know, but Mark, every, you didn't build that. Right. right. Well, I didn't build it. <laughs> You're right. I think that there's something to be said for what Obama and Romney say, but the suggestion is is that the, somehow the government is good or efficient mm-hmm. at what it does. Yes, we we live in a relatively stable um, culture. Is that the government that did that? Because I'm not sure that it is. It may I just think it's be in spite of the government <laughs> most of the time. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I mean, you know, I don't know exactly what makes these things. There are lots of countries with governments that aren't stable. So why is it the United States government is the one that uh, you know gets credit? It, well, it's it, it exports of our its violence, Mark. Because of our our, our American values. <laughs> Something. I, I don't know. Maybe it is the American values. I, I am, I'm a big fan of American values, whatever those might be. Um, well, how can you be a fan of them if you don't know what they are? Hard work is what I'm a fan of. Okay. You know, okay. I'm a fan. How about a, smart work? How about like doing something efficiently so you don't have to work hard necessarily, but it gets done? It sounds like the huckster story of uh, some uh, slick uh, hustler. <laughs> I don't. Well, I don't think like you can work really hard to dig a hole and fill it back in. But mm-hmm. have you accomplished anything? Depends I mean, on if somebody needs a hole or not. Um, obviously, sure. you have to be smart to some extent or another. But I always, you know, I look look askance at people who talk about smart work. <laughs> I really do. I mean, yeah. I, I you know, this is I look askance at hard work because I've worked. So I think I've worked extremely hard in my life, but um, don't have much to show for it at the very, you know, at the present moment. And I've seen a lot of other people who have worked incredibly hard, but it's sort of like they've been killing themselves and running themselves into the ground. And for what? Like they've never really gotten to be happy, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, happiness is something that comes from the inside. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you've got to create it for yourself. They're coming full circle here. (laughs) What we're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. But um, it is true. So. 
I've got a story here. Um, it's uh, from rawstory.com, and I think that uh, it's not a happy story. So it is about a door-to-door salesman. Well, let me tell you the story here. It's uh, rawstory.com. It says a man in Cape Coral, Florida on Wednesday was arrested for shooting and killing an unarmed door-to-door salesman on his property. Kenneth Bailey Roop. 52, has been charged with second-degree murder for killing a 30-year-old Nicholas Rainey. A co-worker who witnessed the shooting said Rainey had knocked on Roop's door. Now, this is the both of them together, basically, um, but received no answer. when while So it was a team, a duo of, yes. tr- of uh, meat salesmen? That's right. I told you that uh, during the, we haven't actually got to uh, that, that portion, but I, I think everybody's... I certainly have experienced the door-to-door meat salesman in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, I got a truck full of meat out here, and you we know, gotta the, get the, rid the of client it. canceled the order, and we got to <laughs> get rid of. We got to move this meat. You know, whatever. Um, yeah. And at this point, I maybe if they've got a good deal, or maybe not. But I don't. Don't tell me a story. I don't want to hear your freaking story about uh, you know lies about where the meat came from. <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, you know, I mean, some people won't buy just because it's door door salesman. Yeah, I don't think that bothers me. But um, I don't really want someone to knock on my door and try to sell me something. I sure. think it's a little bit. If it's a great deal and you have the time, I suppose it might be worth it. Meat's a, one of these things that people are a little weird about, though, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 855-450-3733. Have you ever bought meat from these meat guys and it been a bad situation? I bet you'd never shot one. And I probably not. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. It is Mark with you. And Stephanie. You can give us a call, as I said, at 855-450-3733. If you're looking to get a hold of precious metals, whether it's gold or silver, you probably can't you probably can't listen to the radio without hearing an ad for gold. And what they don't say is how to buy low so that you can sell high, right? Like that's what the what it always comes down to with investments. Is you got to buy right in order to be able to sell right. Um go to gold.freetalklive.com. We've teamed up with Midas Resources. Uh they're you know involved with our syndication company. Uh, we've I've been buying gold and silver with them for years. And I trust them. I I know that they're going to get my gold and silver to me. They have some of the best rates among um you know these companies that uh, purvey gold. And you can go over there and do a little comparison shopping for the coins that we've got. It's gold.freetalklive.com. It's gold.freetalklive.com. So let's get back into this story about apparently a door-to-door salesman that got shot. It's kind of interesting, uh, the property rights aspect of it, too. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. And the example that came to mind is that sometimes people say, well, the non-aggression principle means that you know, you 
you shouldn't initiate. What is the non-aggression principle? Well, the non-aggression principle is a common ethical, I guess, uh, some people consider it an axiom, like a self-evident truth or mm-hmm. a principle or a guideline or whatever. Um, and it basically states that you shouldn't initiate force or fraud on anyone else. Like it's morally wrong to initiate yep. force or fraud. And then some people tack on the idea that, well, if somebody initiates force or fraud on you, then you have the, like you can use a commensurate amount of force to stop the aggression or whatever. Right. Um, and I think that that, for me, that that's what that means. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's the question is, is if you've got property and somebody aggresses against that property, what are you allowed to do to that person? Yeah. The example that people often bring up is, you know, there's somebody who has a, who owns a property and there's a little girl who comes on the property technically trespassing, but mm-hmm. you know, and picks some flowers. Right. And does he have the right to shoot the little girl because she's on his property picking the flowers? And, and there's somebody almost, somewhere that would do such a thing, right? Oh, there's sure. a person just that evil. Well, this almost sounds like that. You know, like somebody knocked on the door. Hey, want to buy some meat? Bang. He's dead. It's not quite how the story went, but let me uh, let me finish up here. A co-worker who who witnessed the shooting said Rainey had knocked on Roop's door. So Rainey is the victim. Roop is the shooter, Mm -hmm. but received no answer. So um, Rainey was walking down the driveway. I guess this is with the uh, the co-worker because the co-worker seemed to be along. Roop pulled up in his pickup truck and asked why Rainey was at his house. Rainey explained that he was selling steak and seafood. And I, I've seen, I don't know if everybody's seen, but I have certainly seen these people that go around in these refrigerated trucks selling meats. And, mm-hmm. you know, some people like to get their meat that way and some people don't. And I think that... It doesn't have the greatest reputation for being like the freshest meat or the most ethically gotten, right? I don't know about how ethically gotten the meat well, is. Well, like it might be stolen. That's why. I suppose it could be. Yeah. Um, I I think what people are most concerned with is how good it is. Um, at that point, you, when you're dealing with somebody dealing in stolen property, I don't know. I mean, stolen meat, it's not it's not a problem I've heard about too often. Um, I would mm. be more concerned with buying... It's hard to pull off a meat heist. <laughs> ...luggage or electronics uh, from somebody. But, you know, you just never know where anything... You never know where anything that you buy comes from. I mean, there's mm. you just don't know. So... Um, in, in this circumstance, I guess these guys had uh, gone up there and they were selling the steak and the seafood. The witnesses said that Roop then pulled out a black handgun and shot Rainey. What are wow. you doing in my house? I'm just trying to sell this. I got this truckload of meat, sir, and I want it. The boss said that we got to move it. And wow. You know, like that's pretty cold-blooded. Yeah. As and- Rainey lay on the ground, Roop fired another bullet into the back of his head. Ugh. I mean, if the guy wasn't dead, he just got executed, right? Yeah, he's super dead now. Oh, and but he left the partner alone? I don't know. The partner is not really... This is from rawstory.com, and <laughs> it's it's not entirely clear where the partner was in this circumstance and why he isn't, doesn't, isn't perforated to. Yeah. There is a little bit more. Let me finish up the story here. Roop um, said, later told the police that he shot Rainey in the head for a fact and that he had... Uh, three no press no trespassing signs on his property. Now you'll remember before I read this next uh, wow. line here is that um, Florida is the stand your ground state. Yep, and that basically all you have to do is be in fear for your life in order to, you know, defend yourself. Yeah. And this this salesman was unarmed. Un- Both completely of them were unarmed. unarmed. As, as far as I know, no indication. Who, who, who would buy meat from an armed individual? Knocking their door? <laughs> so Roop yeah. said, uh, "This is the killer." He says he feared for his life. Now, of course, he was uh, you know quick to say that. Yeah, I'm not going to give him the chance to do something to me. He told police, "I was in fear." 
An off-duty Collier County Sheriff's deputy was nearby and heard the gunshots. When she arrived at Roop's property, she found Rainey dying on the ground. I bet he was probably dead. (laughs) While Roop was in the garage, reloading his handgun. Now, it sounds like two shots here. How many shots was fired? I mean, most modern black handguns, I'm just guessing it's modern, are going to have more than six rounds in them. I mean, where did these other bullets go? Anyway, Maybe he used him on the last meat salesman. He was telling the officer he stepped on my property. He trespassed. I'll kill anybody that steps on my property. Oh my Somewhere gosh. along them. I, I bet the signs didn't say that. You know, maybe they said no trespassing, but it didn't say, like, punishable by death. Here's a picture of one of them. It's your standard black and orange no trespassing sign with the little um, the little white thing where you can write stuff underneath it, and mm-hmm. it's blank. So I don't know what every one of the trespassing signs says um, on it, but this one in particular is just sort of that black and orange uh, rectangular one that is just so common. This is the one of the metal ones. Yeah. You can tell by just the, the edges of it. Now, I don't doubt that there might be some people who are crooks and who dress up like meat salesmen or whatever and case houses. They're probably burglars, not uh, uh, you know home invaders, but yeah. Mm, yeah, and sometimes that can be the same thing. I don't it, know. It could be. I mean, a, a burglar just wants to come in and get your stuff. Yep. I mean, why people do home invasions is uh, there's a much wider variety. It's probably just bad burglars. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, usually but the, they find out what's going on in the house. A lot of times it has to do with drugs. Obviously. Sure. But they do say you you hear tips from former ones that got arrested and now they're telling their secrets or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they often say that they'll dress up like delivery people or they they actually are delivery people or it's kind of frightening stuff. Like if you read that, you'll never want to let anybody into your home. And I could see coming from a real place of fear if that's your mentality. Mm -hmm. But this to me sounds like the little girl picking flowers in somebody's yard and she gets shot. I mean, this this is almost like that. It has that sound to it. It seems way out of place with, you know, what was actually going on. But you've got to ask yourself, I mean, the average house, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't live in the average house. I live in my house. But the average house, what does it have in it? That's of any value, really. Mm. I mean, you know, what are you going to get for my laptop at the, the at the pawn shop? Yep. Um, I mean, or the computer or something like that. You buy them new for $400 now. I mean, what are you going to get, 100 bucks for this thing? Yeah. I mean, maybe a big screen TV will bring you, a big, big screen TV will bring you two or $300. I don't have one of those. I mean, I have a big screen TV, but it's from 1997. Mm. I mean, it looks or like- Or some a, jewelry, but maybe this guy didn't have any jewelry. <laughs> I mean, some, a family could live in this in a third world country. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I, but where are you going to find the jewelry? Often people put jewelry in places where you can't find it. So, you know, I don't know that breaking, I don't even know how valuable the business of breaking into houses is. Yeah. 855-450-3733. Anybody going to defend this guy for shooting this man? 855-450-3733. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, You can spend them at SpendBitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via SpendBitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.SpendBitcoins.com. Once again, that's SpendBitcoins.com. Free Talk Live, 
That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. You can get archives of Free Talk Live for free. I was just listening to the, you know, the radio, and I don't always get to listen to the radio every um, every day. I'm, it's not like I'm listening to these other guys to find out what they're talking about, because we run a completely different kind of radio program than... than you might uh, want to see who advertises on there, though. <laughs> uh, certainly. It's one of the reasons I listen. But the... Uh, I was listening to to one of them, and they were giving away their archives. It's all you have to do is join their little uh, fan club, and uh, you know, join the Mickey Mouse Club, and you'll get um, you know archives going back for two years. Two years. Free Talk Live's got them going back for six for free. Just go to archives.freetalklive.com. Download to your heart's content. We've got uh, audio content for you if you're somebody who. You know, you're always listening to to something and you want and Free Talk Live provides you with, uh, you know, content that uh, you prefer over the radio. Get it. Get it for free. Share it. Use it while you're gardening, working out, whatever you want to do. It's archives.freetalklive.com. What a great resource to have so much audio content available. And a lot of people love Free Talk Live. They listen every day. Sure, anyway, sure. So you can get even more. <laughs> Go back to the old shows. If you're on any medications and you're getting your meds at a local pharmacy, you're likely paying more than you have to. There's a better way. Discount Prescription Services can get you your medications at discounts as high as 70% off. And they'll deliver them right to your door. So you get a lower price and more convenience. What more could you want? All you have to do is go to meds.freetalklive.com. Give them your information there. Click on Become a Member on the left-hand side of the page. You give them uh, your information. Their customer service is excellent. They'll call you back the next business day. During the day, they'll walk you through every step, and you'll save, of course, big time. It's meds.freetalklive.com. Whether it's Viagra, Cialis, Boniva, Ablify, Lipitor, Nexium, Zetia, whatever kind of uh, medication you're on a regular basis, that you can get it at meds.freetalklive.com and save a lot of money. Let's go right to the phones. Got Mike. Calling in from Arizona, Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hi, Mark. Hi, Stephanie. Hi. Hey, uh, I was uh, wanting to talk about the Department of Justice getting involved with the Seattle Police Department and the New Orleans Police Department because of their com- the complaints against the departments for brutality. Right. And my question, my question is, you know, if, if a football team, like let's take a, a pro football team, if that, if that team loses a bunch of games in a season, They'll get rid of the coach. Why is the chief of police never held responsible for the behavior of the officers? Because <laughs> they're a monopoly and because they don't go- have to be accountable. <laughs> because bureaucracies uh, promote incompetence. Um, you mm. know, I mean, this, they've, that's they've the only studies. explanation. I they've can done come studies up with. on this, and you know, I mean, if you're in business, you want to promote the most uh, effective people. But if you're in bureaucracy, you want to promote people that are not a threat to you. Usually people are promoted by a group of people that would be above that position to which they're promoted. So then they promote uh, people who aren't a threat to their position. If you're, for instance, a uh, lieutenant on the police actually know how um, you know law enforcement officers are promoted, at least in one agency, because I worked so closely with it um, – you know, the usually it's a team of lieutenants, uh, the superintendent or, you know, the major or whatever, um, get, get together and decide who's going to be the next sergeant. They take into consideration. Some of those considerations are the, uh, you know, how many complaints have they had? What kind of trouble have they been in? How, you know, what have the, what are the successes been? What's their race and gender? You know, I mean, all these kind of things go into the decision making process. And, you, you know, I mean, these lieutenants know that this sergeant is the guy that could, if if he's hot enough, he could come and take that captain seat from them. So they're, you know, they, they, it's it's got to be sitting in the back of their mind. Mike? 
Yeah, I, I, I think you're right about that. And it's just, it seems bizarre that, the, you know, the, the Department of Justice, it's just like when the police do an internal investigation, how much justice can be done when, when the people investigating are their own. Um, the yeah. other thing I was wondering about, did you guys hear about the, uh, the father of the Colorado shooter? No. What, what no. was there to be said about him? Okay, this is, this is what I found last night on the Internet after I heard about it on another radio show. But the father of the, the guy accused of doing the shooting in Colorado apparently is a, a CEO for that credit company called FICO. He's also a big-time computer programmer, and he's set to testify before Congress next week because he, uh, he's going to spill the beans on where all the money from the banker bailouts went. And all of a sudden, his son's accused of killing, uh, shooting 75 people. I, mean, I just thought that was a little suspicious. It is I weird. did hear something about this. Yeah, it is, it's definitely fishy. There are a lot of things about that, that whole story yeah, that don't I, seem to make sense it's, quite yet. It's a yet. fishy story. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, I don't know what happened. And I think that, uh, you know, there's there's some interesting portions of it. Of course, it's uh, in very close proximity to the U.N. gun treaty thing that was going to be voted on, which, of course, went down in flames, just as I predicted it would. But that I doesn't... saw this picture. It was a comparison of the person who appeared in court and then like the the headshot that was going around of, you know, like the picture of his face of uh-huh. James Holmes. And then it zoomed in on the noses of the two people. And the noses were just totally different, so really? maybe insinuating that it wasn't the same person. Well, but the person it, who did the it, shooting uh, was had their face covered with a gas mask. Yeah, I mean, so how can we know who it so was? That's and the it was craziest part of it. I mean, and, you know, if yeah. it it wouldn't it wouldn't take a, a too crazy of a Hollywood director to come up with a situation where um, you know some some shooters paid by some organization, whether it's governmental or not, uh, to you know to, to to set this off so that the UN gun ban will go down as they want it to go down or or whatever, and that they can take out this uh, this dad who's going to testify in front of Congress. Uh, Politically, they'll take him out too. You know, we'll kidnap the son. We'll drug him up. Uh, you know, I mean, he look. He certainly looks like maybe his mind was broken by drugs instead of he's just crazy. We'll drug him up and uh, we'll send somebody masked into the theater and then uh, leave him in the in similar clothes. It doesn't seem like it would yeah, be that difficult. It, it, yeah, I don't think it would either. And I'm I am not convinced at all that that guy with red hair did the shooting. I think he was just a hapless victim, and he's been accused of it. Uh, one more thing, if I could, real quick. Go ahead. Um, on, on the Free Talk Live uh, webpage, I, I found a LRN app on the, uh, the iPhone, and I, I downloaded it. Now I get liberty-minded radio all day long. But <laughs> cool. I was compelled, after listening to your ad, to join up for the AMP program. Right. And I couldn't, find, I couldn't get access to the commercial-free podcast, and I was having problems. Couldn't load any pages. But that's just a side note. Will you send an now, email? When I was looking on... Send an email oh, to ahead, Ian. Send an e- email to Ian at freetalklive.com. I know that those things um, are supposed to be automated and all that stuff, but I don't know anything there about that. There are probably the always o- bugs in it too. So well, Ian I mean, anything can help. could happen. I mean, it's the it's the it's, it's technology, and of course, uh, you know, we're always trying to work through those things. But uh, Ian would be the one to handle that. Okay. Now, on the left side column of that page, I saw something. Maybe it was a a show uh, topic that somebody had discussed prior, but it said that somebody was going to talk about the first guy successfully treated for AIDS. Now, at the U.S. Patent Office, patent 56769779, patented in 1997, was a cure for AIDS. And if you read the whole patent, it was successful in 100% of the people that he tested it on in Honduras. And do you know what what it was? Can you explain a little more about that? Yeah, it's uh, from a pharmaceutical company on the East Coast, um, 
It's a it's a one one time injection of something called tetra silver cycling, and uh, he couldn't get anybody to do the studies. They wouldn't allow him to do the studies here, so he took it to Honduras. He gave it to 100 different people in the test group, and all 100 people within seven days were cured of AIDS. And then it says the patent was abandoned a short time later, and nobody has refiled the patent. And it's just obvious that the uh, pharmaceutical companies make much more money giving somebody drugs every day that suppress the symptoms of AIDS but don't cure it than it would be to give somebody a shot that costs, you know, a, a pack of, what a pack of gum costs. One time, do you see they, what I'm saying? They certainly do have an incentive to keep people hooked on drugs. That's why they they focus on things like heart disease, you know, cholesterol and um, erectile dysfunction, like just things that dr- that they can keep people on drugs for for the rest of their lives. I agree with that. Although, I I mean, I'd like to see maybe more studies or more evidence. I need to read about this, but I'd like to see more about this well, tetra silver because of tetroxide. The, I just because read about of the it. patent process, I don't care if it costs the pack a pack of gum or not. They're still going to sell it for whatever they're going to sell it oh, for because sure. they have Millions, a monopoly yeah. on the. Uh, there was um, a bone marrow transplant that I believe cured um, HIV in one patient, but that was a special case. And, interesting. Yeah, Mike, thanks for the call. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You can call in, talk about anything you want to talk about here on Free Talk Live. We're going to finish up this story about this uh, meat salesman who got executed. 855-450. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Talk Live, 855-453. Call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark. And Stephanie. We've been all over the board tonight. Uh, we've been talking about, you know, your definitions of success. A uh, door-to-door meat salesman who appears to have been executed in uh, Florida for trespassing. And uh, cures for AIDS. You were looking at uh, looking up this uh, cure that uh, yeah I I well, did a quick search and cure. I looked up this patent it it was um it had a little bit different name it's it's called tetrasilver tetroxide molecular crystal devices and the person who filed this patent now I mean you can claim a lot of things on a patent and it I don't think there's any requirement to verify that it's true or that it works sure but what somebody has patented a crustless pe- peanut butter jelly sandwich that's true <laughs> uh, but yeah this person uh, filed a patent of something that he claims um, cures HIV and, you know, gets rid of AIDS. AIDS is the syndrome. HIV is the virus that causes Mm -hmm. the syndrome. But um, apparently this stuff, you know, you can inject it into someone, claims the patent holder, and he says that it basically, like, triggers an electric uh, reaction that short circuits a proliferating virus like HIV um, and other pathogens as well, but it puts stress on the liver in quotes, causing hepatomegaly, which is swelling of the liver. And then he claims there's no loss of liver function, but I don't know, maybe that's what's scaring people from trying this in the U S because it might cause liver damage. But you know, the, the U S the FDA in the U S is notorious for sort of erring on the side of caution. Oh like, yeah. You know, like if I was 
dying of AIDS. Sure. Or if I had HIV, you know, I think I'd no, probably... No, no, you can't have that cure for death. You could get a hangnail. I mean, that's the kind of uh, <laughs> yeah. mentality over there. And, uh, you know, it's it's basically... It's a, it's a cover your butt kind of uh, let's not get sued mentality. And, and it's not like they've never approved a drug that has turned out to be dangerous, you know, like Vioxx, all that thing kind of thing. Oh, yeah. A lot do. of the approval <laughs> process, you know, people say that it can be politicized and that there are other factors. And of course, it's very expensive to get things approved by the FDA. So I don't know. I mean, this is very interesting. I, I'm I'm open minded to the idea. And I think if I if I had this, I would be very interested in learning more. If you have AIDS, you're probably very interested in anybody who talks about anything that might be a cure. So. Yeah, and that's a concern, too, because like you want to believe that it is a cure, right? Yeah, like, sure. Especially people have really devastating diseases like cancer. You know, like they want to believe that there is a cheap natural cure that works. And like, I want that, too. I'm just kind of skeptical. And most of the oh, yeah. ones that people claim are these natural cures. There's a I, lot of I've, people out there hustling in medicine. You know, they're yes. just telling stories in order to get uh, to sell whatever they're selling. And, and that's very cruel because they're selling people like a false They may hope. or may not even believe it, though. I mean, sure. you know, there are plenty they of people. They might believe that it works. I, yeah. I believe a lot of people that uh, are involved in the, you know, maybe homeopathic medicine or whatever, believe what they're selling is good and certainly... If it if it doesn't have any side effects, that uh, that's a benefit, right? You know, uh, sure. Um, but if it, yeah, it, sometimes when when things have side effects, it means they're they also work. You know, <laughs> indeed. What's yeah. the um, what's the term? The placebo for, effect. Placebo effect. Yeah. The you know when something just a sugar pill will be more effective. And you said, I mean, what is it like 25% of the time placebo effect? Usually, the the placebo. It depends on what you're studying, but. Pretty much everything has a placebo effect, yeah. and it's usually around like twenty five, thirty percent. So, I mean, and that's, more expensive placebos are more effective than uh, less expensive ones. They are, which creates a really interesting ethical quandary. And like, for instance, red red pills are more effective, and like the more invasive a placebo is, the more effective it is. Like, mm-hmm. it's more effective if you give someone a shot or a surgery versus giving them a pill. Mm-hmm. You know. How uh, which because they're yeah. invested in their time and energy and uh, you know emotional investment there. Yeah, and I mean even even something like how a doctor talks to a patient. Like there was a study about back pain that I'm familiar with, mm-hmm. where I, th- I think this was done in the UK. But basically, there were two groups of doctors. All the patients had chronic back pain, which is notoriously. You're a med student. Is that the proper term you want to use? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, so. There were two groups of doctors and they all had patients with chronic back pain. And then so one group, the doctors told the patients, you know, you're going to need to rest in bed. This is going to be very debilitating. It's unlikely that you'll get better and just try to deal with the pain. The other group of doctors told their patients, you know, the more you can get active, the better. If it hurts, you know, just take some medicine and try to walk it off, basically. Yeah, back pain is the most common complaint that doctors get. And it's the most difficult to treat because they don't even know what to do for I, it. I think the most cr- common chronic complaint. Yeah. Yep. And it's very difficult. The surgeries don't really work for yep. it. Um, they're not very effective. But even just the way that the doctors told the patients about it made a difference. Like mm-hmm. the ones that had the more hopeful message of like, yeah, you could probably recover. Just try to do your normal activities that those those patients, even though all the patients sort of had you know the same thing, the ones that got the hopeful message from the doctor were more likely to recover. So that, you know, it, it it raises a lot of interesting issues and in like, how do you talk to a patient if you're a doctor, if you know that, that what you say is going to really affect them? And I mean, even I, I think this, there's this medicine called Obicalp. It's not really a medicine. It's actually just a sugar solution. Okay. And if you go to their website, 
like I think it's obacalp.com. It's basically placebo spelled backwards. Okay. And it was it was it says like on the website invented by a mom. And so basically this mother, you know, was I don't know, sick of hearing her children complain about Here's the medicine. Yeah, and it's just sugar and you can give it to kids. But like what does that say? It's like if you feel bad, you know, you can you can get this medicine and Maybe when the kid doesn't really feel bad, maybe they just need some attention or they need something else mm-hmm. and they're asking for medicine. Yeah. So, yeah, that kind of disturbs me, but I'm sure a lot yeah. of parents are tempted to use that. I'm sure they are. Yeah. I mean, you know, be, being a parent, I can tell you that, uh, you know, quick solutions are something that you're often looking for. Um, and I'm sure that some kids get fixated on, uh, you know, medicine as being, you know, a lot, a lot of kids, Band-Aids are, you know, a big thing. Mm-hmm. With my son, you know, if something hurts, we kiss it and yeah. it feels better. Oh. And it really does. Yeah. I mean, like he, you know, it, he, his whole attitude will change. Um, and he, he'll off even if you hurt yourself, he'll offer kisses because he, it works for him. You know, mm-hmm. in his world, I mean, obviously kisses are a placebo. Yeah. But not in his world. They're effective medicine in his world. They may actually not be a placebo. Like I could see how that could actually because like so for instance, sometimes when people have pain, they put capsaicin cream on it, like mm-hmm. knee pain, back pain, arthritis. That's that's deep within your joint. This is like the peppers, the stuff in pep- peppers. Yeah, exactly. And so so what people say about why capsaicin cream works is that it creates this burning, tingling sensation on the surface of the skin, mm-hmm. which kind of confuses your brain and distracts it from the pain that's underlying. So it could be that a kiss is also creating a, a sensation, you know, that is distracting from the pain and that that actually does work. Or maybe there's oxytocin being released when you have contact with a loved parent and the Sounds oxytocin like makes you feel better. <laughs> Sounds like a placebo to me. <laughs> it, there is science behind touch, though. You but know, like I think it's it, the distraction that you're talking about is probably what it comes down to is, you know, you're, you're getting you're getting care and and, you know, somebody somebody's concerned with what it is and you can see what they're doing as opposed to feeling your pain yeah because when he offered a kiss to me recently for um you know i had hit myself and oh, um I, with, the, with the the hammer and you know i kind of Ooh, jumped around and thanks. hurt <laughs> <laughs> he offered a kiss to it and you know i mean i'm concerned about him because you know i i, I don't want to tell him i mean I'm, obviously i'm not going to live in the rational world where i tell him look your kiss isn't going to do anything don't bother <laughs> i'm you know i'm going to of course let him kiss my knee um and you know so that's what happened yeah but, that's reciprocity. Yeah, it still hurts though. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's interesting. Go, go ahead, Mark. So the story, um, which is you know highly different than what we're talking about here, is a situation where a, um, a door-to-door meat salesman gets shot by a man on his property that has three trespassing signs. Um, he shoots him and then executes him. Shoots him in the back of the head. Uh, an off-duty police officer happens to be in the neighborhood. Uh, basically, she, you know. Orders him to drop his weapon, held him at gunpoint until police officers arrived. Um, Roop's neighbors described him as the uh, neighborhood crazy. He has apparently uh, concealed weapons permit and approximately 14 firearms. So, you know, what I thought was interesting about this is kind of the... Are people going to say that if the... Sorry, Mark, I interrupted you. People were, uh, you know, he had no trespassing signs. Yep. And these guys came on his property. Mm. Do you think there could be an argument that they didn't see them? Or were they? I don't care whether they saw them or not. I yeah. don't think that shooting anybody for violating a no trespassing um, order is. I, I wonder to myself: Is there any sign you can put up that would make shooting somebody viable? 
and I don't <laughs> I don't think so. You know, come on my property and I will shoot you is probably more effective than the no press trespassing signs in purveying the message that if you come on my property I will shoot you, right? Yeah. You know, I mean if if this is how one feels and one wants to put up signs, one probably should put up signs that are very clear as to, you know, what the consequences of the uh, the, the crime of trespassing might be. Just not a no trespassing sign. That's not even a legitimate contract, though. I mean, like, just to say, OK, if you step foot on my property, you're agreeing to be shot. I don't see how anyone could legitimately agree to that. So I don't consider that like a binding thing if somebody puts up a sign that says you'll be shot if you step on my property. Where does, you know, the, the, can one really create property rights then if one can't use deadly force to protect it? And it's strange. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying yeah. I, I agree with this. Yep. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society the wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That is the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. We were, uh, in the last hour, talking about a fella in Florida who shot a door-to-door salesman coming around his property. And, uh, you know, he had no trespassing signs up, but, you know... It's not like it said no trespass. You know, don't trespass here or I'll kill you. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, to some extent, I, I, I wonder: is it possible? I don't advocate this, but is it possible to secure your property with signs? I mean, can you put up a sign? You that can't says, secure it from an animal with a sign. <laughs> no, no, the animals not. not I mean, we don't read. <laughs> does it require? What does it require in order to protect your property? Because some people do not want people coming on their property Mm -hmm. and i guess that's a right of yours obviously you shouldn't have a mat out front that says welcome um but uh, i think a fence sends a pretty clear message yeah you like i think a fence is is a good thing um you know the higher the fence the better and maybe a gate that's uh you know you can use with a clicker a moat with alligators (laughs) (laughs) i hate to have to deal with alligators but um (laughs) You know, I just wonder what what is the level of security you can provide your property with with a sign? Can you put up signs every ten feet around your property saying "No trespassing" or you know "Violators will be shot on sight"? Um, yeah. I, I don't well, know. I mean, to me, I, you know, who knows how the literacy level of people? Um, what if you're talking about uh, somebody who you know maybe doesn't have a great grasp on English? It, by the way, not every citizen has a great grasp on English. Even those born in America? <laughs> there certainly are instances yeah. of people that don't have a... Some people just don't can't read. Right. So, uh, you know, they don't know what they're reading. Or some people are too young to read. I mean, well, what, if, what if literally a little girl wanders onto your property and she can't read? Indeed. Um, or a little boy. Or but something. somebody could say, well, you know, this wasn't a little girl. This was a grown man. And he should have been able to read. And <laughs> I think that there's an argument to, for that, uh, but... 
some people can't read. You don't know. I worked in. Uh, I worked with the literacy department. Uh, what, how would this have been? I'm sorry, but I just had the thought. How would this have been different if it was a census worker? I don't know. Um, I, <laughs> I mean, because they believe they can come onto anybody's property, and would they? I don't know. Would they go onto someone's property if there was a sign that says? I will shoot you if you step foot on this property. I would probably be afraid to. I bet they would. Most of them are just sort of low level, you know, like they're just looking for jobs. But I think I think door to door salesman that goes onto a property that says no trespassing is a fool. Um, I mean, you know, yeah. why? What are you gonna? What do you think yeah. you're going to achieve yeah, by going on that property? Yeah, that buying temperature is pretty cold to begin with. Right. right? I mean, that's that's what I'm thinking <laughs> is is that you know not only this isn't the normal door that says welcome and has birds on it. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is the door that says no trespassing. You've, you're going up there to try to sell something. Why waste your time knocking on that door? I mm-hmm. mean, maybe your boss said, "Well, you've." You got to knock on every door in that neighborhood. In which case, you're a fool for listening to your boss. Um, in that circumstance, yeah, obviously. Um, you know, I mean, what if it was like the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints that knocked on their door? I, you know, I have uh, you know <laughs> been in companies, uh, been involved in companies that uh, that have done door to door sales, and my advice always was, if there was a sign like this, don't bother. Yeah. Because you're trying to overcome a concern, you know, a much larger concern. These people are not concerned about buying your pro- your product or whatever, or even concerned with getting you out of there. They're concerned that you just violated their rights. You know, mm-hmm. they, they put up a sign and you violated it. Yeah. So let's go to, I uh, got a phone call here. Let's go to Nick in Illinois. Nick, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hi. I like to listen to old archives of Free Talk Live every now and then. Which you can and get at archives.freetalklive.com. And one of them that I heard from 2009 was exactly on this subject. And it, uh, it was using the example of uh, the little girl picking flowers on, on some old man's uh, farm or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the question is, does that farmer have a right to shoot her for trespassing? Somebody called in at that time and said that the amount of force that you can use in response is proportionate to the level of violation. Right. And what what you can do depends on what rights the person is demonstrating that they have given up in performing that action. For example, when you defend yourself from somebody who is attacking with you, uh, who is attacking you, the reason you can kill them is not because you have a property right in your own body to defend your life. It's because they have given up their property right in their own body to their own life by demonstrating that they don't by demonstrating that they don't respect your right to the same. I'd, I'd like to, uh, I don't think that that's true, Nick, exactly, and I want to make a, a clarification. You can defend okay. yourself from somebody who's attacking you in order to prevent the violence being brought upon you, but that doesn't mean that you necessarily have the right to kill them. You just could. Like, violence can always, res- depending on the type of violence you use, the pil- violence can always result in death. You punch somebody and they die. I mean, it, it happens. It's, mm-hmm. it's rare, but it happens. And so if a person is using you know, violence against you, you could die. So you're allowed to put them in an instant in a situation where they could die by using violence on them. But what I think is the difference is, is they don't forfeit their life necessarily in that you, you know, if this guy, one guy was shot here and then the guy plugs him in the back of the head. So he shoots a man and then executes him after that. And I think that he, you know, if the man was using violence against him, it would be OK to shoot him. But it's not OK to shoot him again. Do you get where I'm coming from? Yeah. Okay. And the, yeah, and there are. Yeah, that is a. Uh, that is. I, I guess it. 
uh, I guess it depends on... Yeah, okay, that, that makes sense, because that was also one of the issues in the Trayvon Martin case, back when people thought that um, uh, Zimmerman might have executed Trayvon even after he had put him down. Yeah, that was the... Whether or not Trayvon had actually attacked him. Initially in the story, there were supposedly two gunshots on the uh, yeah. the audio. The audio had On the 911 call. Right, on the 911 audio, and it had not been released at that point, so people couldn't really vet it. It had been released to a select group, and mm-hmm. you know the stories were, were rampant at that point. Yep. This would be a good argument to have with such libertarian luminaries as Walter Block. Walter Block is famous for being a little bit more on the uh, uh, Old Testament hard justice side of the libertarian equation. Okay. Uh, and I believe that's where I I got the idea that I that I said that a person who attacks you is giving up their their right to life by demonstrating that they don't respect that right in others. You, but you, I mean, maybe. Maybe that person is, in a sense, like you could shoot them and it would be, quote, morally legitimate. But like you always have the choice not to shoot them, too. Right. Like you have to live with your decisions. Something doesn't mean you have to uh, doesn't mean you have to take them up on that. Sure. But I'd like to I'd like to put that viewpoint out there, because if we're trying to think about I mean, it's fun to think about this philosophically in the abstract. But if we're trying to think about how we want to live our own lives, you know, are we going to choose to use force on somebody in a situation where they come ring our door and we had a, you know, we had a sign up that said, don't ring my door. You know, is that something you really want to do and live with? Yeah. I think that it's not legitimate in any way that you could, that you could put up a sign that basically allows you to kill people who just sort of stumble upon the, the correct, uh, a square that you have to stand on the the kill to square. Die. Yeah. Like, oh, now it's okay to kill you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, it's ridiculous. I, yeah, I think yeah. that if you want to live that life, that you need to live in a place where you can put up a fence around your property, um, a very very high fence, uh, in order to prevent people from getting on the property, and. Uh, y- I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't think it's okay to shoot people that are on your property. I just no. don't. I don't care whether you have a giant fence or anything. Um, but yeah, I agree. I can see why you would be upset if somebody somehow got past your fence, but uh, I still don't think it's okay. You might ex- escorting them off your property, perhaps at gunpoint. Maybe that's a it's a lower level. Um, but you know, I don't. I don't think it's when you the point a gun at somebody, I mean, it's a very serious thing. Like a lot of people say you should never draw a weapon unless you intend to use it. And That's what I was always taught. But yeah. I, I don't uh, clearly police don't do that. Right. Oh, uh, They don't. But that doesn't make what they do right or anything. I mean, it's not what they're taught. I mean, a, a weapon is a an effective way to get people to do what you want as well as firing a projectile. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know that I necessarily agree with that statement that uh, you, know, you don't draw a gun unless you intend to use it. But you've got to be prepared to. What's that, Nick? One thing I'm sure about is that there's definitely a moral component to the proportion of force. Thanks a lot. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Hey, college students. The Independent Institute in Oakland, California is putting on the Challenge of Liberty seminar this summer. You can spend a week connecting with other liberty-minded students from around the world, attending seminars with libertarian luminaries, and grappling with pressing issues facing the world's economy and its people. Go to seminar.freetalklive.com. It's $195 for the class and $300 for the room and meals at the beautiful Notre Dame de Namur University in Belmont, California. seminar.freetalklive.com. 
Talk Live, 855-453-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. Live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. You can call in and talk about whatever it is that you was on your mind. And I want to tell you real quick about SACL CAI. They sponsor our phone lines. They're a company that handles accounts receivable. They're big supporters of Liberty over there at uh, SACL CAI. And Jason Osborne, the one of the principals at SACL CAI, wants to remind you to share your favorite episode of Free Talk Live every week on your Facebook or Twitter account. It's a great way for to do a little free marketing for Free Talk Live. It's uh, And you can go get them right there on the front page. The last seven days are on the front page of freetalklive.com. Or, you know, the episodes go back for six years at archives.freetalklive.com. And you might start some interesting conversations with your friends. It could could certainly happen. Be a great uh, great thing to. I mean, you like listening to Free Talk Live. Your friends may too. So, um, you've well, Mark, got a story, a strange story here. Yeah, um, news of the odd. This is this is strange, but I love it. I mean, it's a it's a great example of a a protest that I think is very effective at getting the point across, and it's interesting it made the headlines um she executed it well she had a photographer for this and by she i mean the woman who married a corporation married a corporation <laughs> to make a point well about the supreme court made them people now right well exactly yeah and oh, i think yeah. that's what she was kind of upset about um so the story is actually from rt.com it was uh the headline is a seattle woman weds a corporation single life got you down let me guess, that special someone seems impossible to find. An activist in Seattle found a surefire solution to her bachelorette blues while at the same time sticking it to the Supreme Court. Seattle resident Angela Vogel was given state permission, so she actually got a marriage license for this, to proceed with a planned wedding after officials in King County, Washington this week signed That's off... That's where Seattle is. King mm-hmm. County, okay. Signed off on a marriage license between the beautiful bride to be and one Mister Corporate Person. So the the, so the, the county <laughs> officials like I don't care. You want to give us you want to give us one hundred and fifty bucks for a marriage license? Marry whoever you want, lady. Um, it's very interesting. <laughs> when, when, well, and I wonder if they have gay. I don't think they have gay marriage in Seattle. So and a corporate person doesn't have a gender, right? I. Uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> it's an interesting question. You know, when I got married to my wife um, in Florida, they asked us for our races. Now, I don't have a race. I've decided I don't have one. And um, they were demanding a race. And wow. so they what one of the things they offered among their list of races there. Um, I don't know how it exactly. It's been some time since this occurred. But somehow in their list of races, they have the race business. <laughs> don't ask me how the word business got involved That's in red and yellow black and white and um you know or whatever it is as far as these races go um eskimos i've never heard that before business is uh was one of the races that they offered there in sarasota county florida where uh my wife and i got our marriage license before we got married in the, the church you had to get the license beforehand and so that's what we both signed up as. She actually decided to, that you know that uh, to, to take a, to take the same stand with me. Um, so we're both business race as far as uh, Sarasota County or the state of Florida or whomever it is that uh, is the final arbiter of these things. Um, and it's I can't even begin to fathom what that that might mean. Like, is it like business class? I don't like know what it fly means. Business class I guess it's probably they wanted to have something for, pe- for annoying people like me. Um, <laughs> Why not have an other? Look, you're a cracker. Just sign here. You know, I mean, 
<laughs> so I I don't know. I mean, it was it was all very strange, and this marriage license is all very strange. I mean, what race did she put down for the corporation? I don't know if they ask for a race in Seattle. May not. It doesn't say anything about that. It's so that. important to have this data, though. Uh, I guess for the bean counters in Sarasota. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she got a marriage license, and it says one and a half month old corporation established earlier this year was the corporation that she married. Jeff Reifman, a Seattle-based technologist and writer, is listed on corporate person's officials' papers as its registered agent. So she's marrying a corporation that has as its agent a man. Okay. And I don't know what her relationship is to that man, but it's it's a funny you know stunt to to call attention to this. Do you think it's an opportunity just for these people to get married and a stunt? And in, in, you know, because a lot of people get well, married. Well, she had a wedding photographer, and like I'm looking at these pictures here, and she's got you know like she's got her wedding dress on, and there's like a, a statue to represent the corporate person. Okay. And a priest who's looking really like out the corner of his eye at the statue Uh as he's reading something like the marriage papers. And then she's walking down the aisle with this, a picture of the marriage license and the bouquet of flowers. That's funny. It's very creative. Yeah. I think it's kind of interesting. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, what are you marrying there? A stack of papers? I mean, corporations are are nothing. They are uh, pieces of paper that the government has given validity to and called people and said that they have rights to speech. I I believe that stacks of paper have the right to free speech if they can speak. Um, But (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that... uh, I think we live in a mixed up topsy-turvy world when you can say that a stack of papers uh, even it's not even that many pa- pieces of paper you know a few sheets of paper have the right to speech and everything else that comes along with being a person and that the government can create personhood from text on a page yeah it, i mean it's nuts i understand like the initial impetus was to protect people from liability so that they would be more likely to start businesses and take risks and mm-hmm. stuff but it's definitely Isn't that gone a problem, way too far. Though, is protecting people from liability? I mean, shouldn't people In be liable senses, for their actions? I mean, I yeah. I get that. I think a it, litigious I think it society. wouldn't be so much. Yeah, exactly. I think it wouldn't be so much of a problem if the society weren't so litigious and we didn't have the opportunity. Thanks Juries to government. Juries love to give. Um, I mean, you know. So if you're in an automobile accident, it's just there's no fairness in this world. If you're in an automobile accident um, and you know you're a poor person, no one will take you to court because there's nothing to get. If you're a you know sort of a mid level person, chances are good they won't take you to court. Um, that you know there's nothing to get. If you're wealthy. There's much more likely um, that you're going to be taken to court so that they can get whatever. Oh, I know I hit you, but I, my neck hurts. Um, and <laughs> yeah. then, you know, at the top of that list is a corporation where because juries will just, you know, they just don't care. There's no face to the corporation. They're not robbing anybody in order to give money to mm. whomever. That's an interesting take on it. Yeah. So there is a lot of this anti-corporate sentiment, don't you think, especially with like the Occupy Wall Street sure. movement and just among people in general, they really don't like this idea. I don't like the idea of corporations at all. I yeah. think that they take away, um, you know, the the humanity of a situation. Look, they also get a lot of privileges from the state, though. And I think it's important to separate those sure. two out because, I mean, corporations basically are going to get away with whatever they can get away with. And when the state is granting them all kinds of privileges, then, of course, they're going to take advantage of that. I I can't imagine why they wouldn't. People are going to take advantage of whatever sort of uh, legal loopholes are available to them. 
I I don't think corporations should exist, but I would be at a dis- distinct disadvantage in this world if I didn't use them in order to benefit myself. I mean, what about something like a limited liability company, which is different than a well, it's a kind it of corporation, right? It's you know, I mean, they, they I'm have, confused about this. I <laughs> I don't know what um, I'm sure in some states they call them corporations, and others they don't. I don't know the the specifics on um, every, but as I understand that, um, not all limited liability corporate or companies. companies are corporations. Okay, um, but. I think that people should have privacy, and oftentimes when you buy property, you don't have privacy. They want people, you know, they they want to have your information. Who owns this property? That's why you might want to use a corporation to protect your identity. There, eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Free Talk Live, eight five five four five zero free. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. We've been talking about corporate personhood here with a woman in... Seattle, mm-hmm. Oregon, Seattle, uh, King King County. You said uh, that uh, married a corporation. It's Somehow very- she got a marriage license for it. Yeah, and I mean you can tell like what she thinks about it because she says something like, "Well, apparently, you know, it's better to marry a corporation than a woman." If I'm a woman, so she definitely has something that she wants to say about it, which is I I agree with her, of course. But she's using the opportunity for a stunt, and mm-hmm. I think that there's no you know reason not to. Um, you and know. if you want to do some stunts, you can move to New Hampshire and join the Free State Project. <laughs> no shortage shortage of that. Them. <laughs> At freestateproject.org, that's where you can find out more information about it. Basically, it's an idea that somebody had that a lot of people thought was a good idea. So they pledged that they were going to move to New Hampshire as long as a certain amount of other people did too, and uh, basically live free and try to create a freer life for themselves and others and already about how's it going more than a thousand people are here and i think there's a thriving liberty community i can if i want to i can live in a essentially a liberty bubble you know i can have all my friends be free staters if i want to if you wanted to yeah if you wanted to yeah it's not really the idea but uh, you could (laughs) well at this point i think that's one of the biggest successes of the free state project is that you can surround yourself with with people who have you know who share the ideas of freedom with you. You know, it's it can be really disheartening to have uh, political or moral beliefs that aren't shared by anybody that you know yeah. <laughs> where you live. Um, that was a huge um, thing for me in my life before I moved here. I lived in Massachusetts, which is commonly known to be this very, like... The know, tax, they call it Taxachusetts. Yeah, very status place. And I had trouble finding anybody that I could connect with. This was sort of pre, like... Most of the internet stuff that 
a lot of people use to connect nowadays, like for you know, I, I, I think there are the same thing. But, I mean, yeah. I think they, they think that one can long that the internet can cause people to long even more for um, you know the company of uh, people that believe in the ideas of liberty. Yeah, but I mean, like there were no meetups, you know, like there was no Ron Paul meetup or there was mm-hmm. no Liberty meetup or anything where I lived. It was just, you know, basically my choices were to find friends and try to convert them to the ideas of liberty or to try to search for a needle in a haystack and find liberty loving people and maybe they'd I'd be their friend. So, but now that I'm in New Hampshire, it's like, well, there are lots of liberty loving people around and I'm not even friends with all of them. <laughs> you know, I pick my friends very wisely now. So go to freestateproject.org and uh, get signed up. It's freestateproject.org. Indeed. So our neighbor. <laughs> this uh this this lady who did this stunt as far as marrying this corporation, I think that she's you know, I mean, it's 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 prescient. It's um, you know, it's it's timely, and mm-hmm. I think that uh, you know, it's very interesting. If corporations, I mean, I I haven't met anybody who thinks that uh, corporations are people and thinks that this um, ruling by the Supreme Court only besides some wonks in uh, D.C. I can't imagine that anybody thinks that this was a good idea. Yeah, this is very unpopular decision, and I mean, she's appealing to that sentiment that a lot of people share. And and also using it to say some other things. This is interesting. You want to know what the reverend said at the ceremony? What did he say? Well, basically she had a reverend who is both a pastor and a columnist and apparently shares some ideas in common, I guess. Uh, the reverend said, corporate person and Angela, may your children become sacrifices in war for greater market gain. May your wealth be without end. May your desire for more always be insatiable. So he's kind of, cap, yeah. you know, playing off the whole like one percent thing greed, yeah. yeah corporate greed may you begin every day in expectation of profit and every end every night resting secure in each other's bank accounts may your <laughs> continuous lies never be revealed may your lawlessness never be held accountable may your theft be forgiven and may you own this nation lock stock and barrel until freedom is no more so really, I, you know, I think it's very interesting how people, um, you know, believe that corporations are the root of the problem. Oh, they wouldn't be able to do any of that without government. This is obvious war, Marxism. How many disguised. corporations start wars? No, they don't. I mean, they participate with, with the military industrial complex. Yeah, but I think that they probably, you know, the, the it's a value to corporations to see conflict and then for basically the spoils to be turned over to them and things like that. I mean, take a look at Halliburton during Iraq. Oh, no yeah. doubt that the, that was a, a, a you know. But beneficial situation for them. They couldn't just declare war on their own. Like they have to get the politicians on board. Absolutely. And able to do that. And and also they have to have the politicians being able to plunder from the people all of their money in order to fund these, you know, uh, military industrial complex corporations. It's classic liberal, uh, you know, silliness. I mean, you know, look at the birdie when the camera's staring you straight in the face. It's not the birdie. It's the camera. <laughs> yeah, and the I, camera I is government violence. I mean, it, yeah. it, it's not misplaced it's not uh, corporations. Misplaced anger, I would say. Yeah. I mean, yes, the corporations can afford to buy the politicians. There's no doubt about it. But if in, you know, if, if corporations didn't exist, that doesn't mean that other wealthy people that wouldn't benefit from uh, somebody always benefits from politicians siding with them. Right. And this is just a circumstance where people are saying, I, we want the politicians to side with us. What I want is I want the politicians to leave me alone yeah. and quit pretending <laughs> I want them to not be politicians. <laughs> I believe that citizenship is the new slavery. 
That's what oh, I believe. Yeah, there are great parallels to be drawn to citizenship being a tax farm. You know, like you are a human livestock. I hate to use that. I mean, it's a very harsh analogy. And it almost is reminiscent of the like, oh, wake up sheeple kind of thing in the conspiracy movement. But I mean, it is true that you are kind of treated like a livestock where your productivity is kind of leached off of Mm -hmm. by the ruling classes. And they want you to think that you're free because you're more productive that way. And so you keep producing more for them to tax. And, you know, they tax as much as they possibly can without, you know, you completely stopping working at all because it's futile. Sure. And as the government intrusion gets bigger and bigger, people will work less and less. I mean, it's just, you know, I I can imagine the times and, you know, slavery when uh, masters would say, look, if you guys can get this job done today, there'll be raisins in your gruel, you know, or whatever. You know, I mean, it's just (laughs) some kind of little spiff in order to get people to work a little harder. And, you know, these things, to some extent, they work, Uh, you know, rewards to some extent, they work, no doubt. And if people believe that they're they're benefiting themselves when they work harder, and they they are in this society, but the government's taking some large percentage of what you make, depending on how much you make, uh, if you can consider all the taxes – I mean, you know, some people some people are having more than 50 percent of their wealth taken from them by the government. They're sneaky about it, too, because, of course, what you know, you see all the different taxes, but there's federal, state, uh, sometimes city Mm -hmm. income tax and sales tax. And many regulations are designed in order to make things fair as far as competition goes between businesses. I don't want things to be fair. I want the every business out there to be able to compete as best they possibly can for my business so they can provide the best possible service to me because that's a voluntary situation. I don't buy anything from any company that I don't want to buy from them. Yeah, there may be things that I don't necessarily, I wish that I could do without, but I have to have them. Well, you do buy probably from the power company because they have a government-granted monopoly. You don't yeah. have another choice of a power company. It, they have a government-granted monopoly on the use of the power lines in, in, a, certain, in a given grid. I could yeah. I could obviously get uh, solar power or something like that. You could. And keep the maintenance costs. But at this point, it's it you know it's it's on the edge of uh, being financially beneficial. Right. Um, you know, I think that is from everything I hear that solar hot water heaters um, are probably you know those are the best thing that you can get out there as far solar stuff but it depends where you live and the the cloud cover and all that stuff mm. so, i don't know how well that's going to go in new hampshire in the winter it, it, it's hard to say you'll be They've, taking a cold shower mark <laughs> <laughs> but they i mean the government you're right the government is the only organization that has a monopoly and can grant monopolies yeah and that's you know they talk about market monopolies out there but they're a myth yeah. They've never existed. Tell me the market monopoly. Call in at one eight five five four five zero three seven three three and tell me a monopoly that exists without government granting it. It's not Microsoft, I can assure you. It's oh, yeah. Apple and, there uh, are competitors and Ubuntu. Uh, you know, Linux. Yeah, have uh, have have competitors out there. You can get a free disk operating system. Microsoft isn't a monopoly. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. It wasn't Standard Oil either. At the top of there, they only had eighty five percent penetration. Eight five five four five zero free. Educate me.
Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and 2XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. Oh, the fun we have during the breaks, Mark. Free Talk Live, (laughs) 855-450-FREE. We should be recording this stuff. That's the sequel toll-free call-in line. Super bonus content. Somebody wants that content. Yeah. 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about. And um, (laughs) we've got a story here. (laughs) It's amazing. Apparently... um, some large, larger percentage of Republicans believe Obama is a Muslim. Is that right? Yeah, I I read this story and I found it kind of hilarious. Now, granted, it, it is from like a liberal website, and you know we talk about both liberals and conservatives on the show. And to make it clear, we're not a fan of either. We're not like liberals because we're reading this story, but I think it's very revealing and telling. Um, the headline is that Republicans claiming Obama is a Muslim have doubled since 2008. And it's from the Raw story by David Edwards. So 2008 is when he got elected. Mm-hmm. And some, apparently, some good percentage of Republicans, what is this, what's the terminology, very conservative? It says conservative Republicans, so I don't know how they define that or okay. what that means. Well, probably as they define themselves. Uh, some percentage of conservatives have decided since 2008 that this guy that claims to be a Christian and whom they uh, had all kinds of problems, you know, had all kinds of problems with getting elected based on what his preacher said, isn't now, in fact, a Muslim. Oh, I remember in, in that. In disguise, big, maybe? Um, kerfuffle about the preacher who said, what did he say? All kinds of stuff, right? He, he says, they say... God bless America. I say GD America or something like that. that. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's context. I think that there's context to what he said. And I think that that it's not just. So first off, um, you know, if you get all upset about somebody saying GD America, maybe you are a little too nationalist. Like maybe, maybe red, white, and blue to is too much of a you know too much of a concern to you. I mean, if this is an idea. Is it a better nation than most nations? I'll go ahead and say that, but I don't think it's on the rise. I think it's on the fall. I think that this nation is getting less free, and um, there's Especially less to be if you're excited a, about. A black man like this preacher was right, I right, mean, and that's the the context to it. The context is is you know what's it like to be part of a uh, despised minority? Remember, this guy wasn't. I don't young. despise them, but I mean, a lot of people certainly do. We just want to make that clear that to the people who are listening, you know, right? Uh, you know, I mean, this he's part of a, a minority that certainly oppressed. considers it oppressed minority, yeah. whatever. At least at one point, this is not a young man that was making these statements and it was not recently that he made it so you got to run it back another 10 years Mm -hmm. in order to uh to get context to it and you know if you were treated the way that black americans were treated in america say in the 60s like maybe you'd be angry saying that sure i I don't know if if i'd say it or not i mean because remember there were there were white people getting those hoses too i mean it's a it's an issue of myopia in my opinion that it doesn't 
that that one doesn't look at both sides of the circumstance that one thinks that uh, you know that the white people did all this well maybe that's true but white people also helped so I mean you know it, let's I I think it's an issue of myopia but I don't think that makes the person evil just because they're only looking at one side of an issue they're upset yeah oh I think I think his concerns are legitimate and as if Obama has any control over what this guy says but. Yeah, we'll find out more about this in a moment. Republicans, Obama, Muslim here in a second. <laughs> Let's go to Tammy, uh, listening in North Dakota. Tammy, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hi. Um, I was just wanting to mention that I was recently in California, and they wanted me to password to go on the Internet and put on freethegrapes.org in regards to shipping wine because they want to make it illegal. Who wants to make it illegal? Um politicians i'm not sure they said unless you are a wine buyer or a wholesaler they don't want you to be able to have wine shipped to you Hmm. oh there i remember this wasn't there a supreme court case about shipping wine over interstate lines or something like that and it 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 was wrapped up with the batf because they regulate alcohol i'm going on this website right now tammy called free the grapes and can you i haven't actually been on the website yet my brother went on it and i still have yet to do it because i just came home from vacation but one of the wineries gave me information to read about it and told me the website and said I was supposed to pass it on. Well, I intend to do so. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I think that that's great. Um, you know, so they I, have a map on this website which shows each U.S. state, and they're color coded by um, limited direct shipping and permit states. So, like, you have to have a permit to sh- to get wine shipped to you in those states. Yeah, he and was then, saying something about um, you only have to buy a fifty dollars license to be able to ship it and renew it every year or something. But there has right. to be more to it than that because only three of the wineries I went to in a three day period could ship to you whether you wanted them to or not but they could not ship to north dakota but they could ship to minnesota so there's something wrong here uh, maybe it was mm-hmm. south dakota i mean they say here that they um north dakota seems to be limited direct shipping um they're they're well, part of the blue permit ones. It, maybe it's permitted yeah, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, there are a couple they, of red states where the code is it says that direct shipping is not permissible so you can't you cannot get wine shipped to you from out of state it's nuts well, I mean, i've been people, getting wine shipped to me for 10 years so mm. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Is, there's ways. All that does is limit your choices. I mean, as a consumer, you it can't... It does limit your choices because yeah, there were a lot of wineries we went to and only three could ship to me, so I don't know. Wow. You know, I, I was in Florida, and Florida has a rule against uh, the certain sized bottles of champagne. So I mean, if you've ever seen these things, when uh, people will win races, they'll have these giant magnums of champagne. Yeah. Um, and yep. I can only imagine the cork could take somebody's head off if you're not careful. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the in Florida, magnums are illegal, apparently, or you have to have some kind of really? license for them or something like that. So you can drink wow. as much wine as you want out of the... 15 ounce bottles or whatever they are but you can't have it in a 50 ounce bottle i mean it's insane it's i guess it's you know well somebody's liable to drink this whole hey, thing that's if we like open the it. soda thing in new york city right right <laughs> you have to it's buy two nuts. 16 ounce sodas instead yeah. of 32 yeah. i heard that on the radio too and there's and- another thing on this website here that i wanted to bring up which was like so they have their tweets like scrolling across the side of the page and then one of the most recent ones on free the grapes dot org says only 33 winery licenses have been issued by new jersey compared to nearly 400 for maryland two months after the new law went into effect so I guess yeah, there are some New Jersey and North Carolina by people in just small talk that they were very hard to ship to. Yeah, so so you have to get some kind of permission from the government and it's just another way of restricting people's, you know, freedom to 
do commerce across state lines or even within. It's a useful map. It looks like it you can was, click it here was and find. Interesting that a very new winery that just opened up in October could shift me, but uh, other uh, EOS, EOS winery, which is very prominent and owns ten other wineries. Could not ship to me. It might be because so, they've you know, gotten, you know, they've the new winery may not even know that they can't ship, right? I mean, oh they, no, they know. Okay. They have little flyers that they check <laughs> where they can and where they can't ship to. They know. Okay. In fact, there was a safe haven winery shipping organization that had a pamphlet out saying where they could and could not ship to, and so I brought them some wine and asked them to ship it home to me, and they said they could not ship it home to me because. North Dakota was against the rules. And I said, it says right on your flyer that you can ship me. That's an old flyer. <laughs> you know, and, and this is the thing that I'm, uh, you know, I'm trying to allude to here is, is that these rules are Byzantine generally at best, is that they don't find out whether they're going to have trouble in some place or another. You know, they read the rules. It looks like they can ship there. And then they find out, oh, no, you can only ship there if your, fir- if your first name starts with the letter R. Uh, you know, I mean, really, <laughs> they have these, obviously not really, but I mean, they have these really crazy rules out there that make it very difficult to do one's job. You think that you can do it and then you can't. Yeah. So, Tammy, I appreciate the call. Thanks for letting us know about uh, freethegrapes.org. You can give us a call at 855-450-3733. I love the little graphic they have there. It's like this little angry grape, like, in shackles. (laughs) He appears to have a cup. Very cute, yeah. (laughs) I wonder what he's going to do with that cup. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I, I think it's interesting the indignation um, that the grape has on his face here. You know, like, it looks I, I like want to be troll, free. He's not the troll face. He's, he's not. Uh, he's not asking you for freedom. He's demanding the freedom for yes. grapes. <laughs> so anyway, um, you re- go on with the article about uh, Obama being a Muslim. Yeah. Okay. So there's a poll that's come out. Basically, um, okay, conservative Republicans who believe. President Barack Obama is a Muslim, have more than doubled since 2008, according to a survey on religion and politics released Thursday. The Pew Research Center, which, you know, very well-respected polling organization, found that 34 percent of conservative Republicans now believe that Obama, who is a Christian, is actually Muslim, compared with the 16 percent that believed that in 2008. So it went from 16 percent of Republicans believing that Obama is Muslim to 34 percent of conservative Republicans, conservative Republicans. Yeah, they don't really say what that means. I'm kind of curious. But yeah, yeah, maybe it is like a smaller slice of the Republican pie. I don't it would seem like they would be people would be less. I mean, I haven't seen anything that gives the indication that Obama is Muslim. I mean, you know, there's certainly these uh, these organizations out there like World Net Daily and that kind of thing. Actually, it says when moderate a bit when moderate and liberal Republicans, liberal Republicans are included, the number who believe that he's a Muslim still nearly doubled from 16 percent to 30%. 30%. So, basically... Republic, 30% of Republicans believe Obama's a Muslim? Exactly. Wow. <laughs> if you believe Obama's a Muslim, tell us why. 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, You can spend them at SpendBitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via SpendBitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.SpendBitcoins.com. Once again, that's SpendBitcoins.com.
Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on the third, starting out the third hour of the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. You can give us a call at 855-450-3733. That spells free there at the end for those of you who want to have letters <laughs> instead of numbers. It's easier to remember. 855-450-FREE. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about all kinds of different things this evening, including an article where I guess the number of Republicans and the number of conservative Republicans, uh, Mm -hmm. so they distinguish, I guess there are liberal Republicans out there. That's what they say. They break the Republicans down into liberal, moderate and conservative Republicans. It's interesting. I don't know what it means uh, to them to define themselves. I guess I could kind of imagine what that means, like especially a liberal Republican. Does that sound to you sort of like. Uh, well, maybe it's more like a statist. I was going to say like the phrase socially liberal, fiscally conservative is sometimes just used easily... to talk about libertarians. Right. I mean, you know, I was thinking about it as I said it. I'm a uh, Republican. I, um, you know, have been elected to the, the state Republican delegation to, to vote on. Uh, what the Republican platform will be here for the next biennial. Um, but you don't believe Obama Congress. is a Muslim. <laughs> I don't, but only 30 percent of Republicans uh-huh. of all stripes uh, believe this. So yeah. I'd still be in the majority. But, Between 30 and 34 percent. Maybe Steve's got it here from North Carolina. has got a little oh, information yeah. for us calling in. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live. What, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, it, it just seems like that everybody is making excuses for Obama. You know, when he ran in 08, up until now, everybody says how brilliant he is, what a great speaker he is. You have people coming out saying, oh, he's, he's not a Christian, he's a Muslim. And then they, come, they get beat down a little bit. Then they come back and they say, oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Why, why, don't, why don't we just let him answer that question? Why hasn't he? I think he has what, said he's know, a why, Christian, what, right? Why hasn't he answered that question? I yeah. think he has said it. I mean, he hasn't said that he's a Christian. I mean, he went to church uh, in Boston, Christian, in, uh, Christian uh, church. Chicago. Yeah, but he's he he. You know, there were some questions early on about about his church. Now mm-hmm. that he goes to, and he's yep. still looking for one for three years. He hasn't found one. And I, my question is, it seems like if anybody questions anything about him, we can't question Obama. We can't question one thing about him. Well, I'm sure that, uh, that that's a greater problem than whether he's a Muslim or whether he's Christian. It's well, like Steve, I agree anytime, with you because I, you know, I, there were there was a time when you know he said he made a statement recently about gay marriage, and you know, it, ever since he got elected or he was campaigning, the liberals have been like really supporting him and saying like, oh, he knows best. He really supports gay marriage, but he just he knows it's not the right time to say it, like just completely making excuses for him. They made excuses for him about war, too. I mean, he's perpetuated the wars that have been going on in Iraq and Afghanistan. He sent more troops, said he was going to withdraw them, uh, has been using drones and cruise missiles. I mean, and he won the Nobel Peace Prize, but nobody really talks about that. And I think that there are people on, you know, on all sides of the aisle that are just kind of making excuses for him, uh, regardless of their what party they identify with. Steve? Well, well, my question is, that's the greater question. Why don't people start holding him more accountable? I mean, if he's so brilliant, he's such a great order, let him speak for himself. Franklin Graham got beat down in the few months back about, oh, well, he says he wasn't Christian. Then he got beat down a little bit, and he comes back, oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. You know what he should have said was, you know what, I'd love to hear his witness of his uh, coming to uh, know Jesus Christ. We'd love to hear it. And, you know, he's such a great order. 
great speaker, I'm sure he could just knock it back for everyone. Well, but did he do it? See, Absolutely not. I don't think Has that he the, represented that. Absolutely. I don't think that the everybody who calls themselves a Christian probably has the same kind of witness for Jesus Christ as everybody else. A lot of people go to church because it's the social norm to do such a thing. I mean, it would be... It's uh, probably really hard to go to church when you're like the president. More too. Americans <laughs> would elect a, a Muslim than would elect an atheist. So... You know, I mean, whether you're excited about uh, your church or not excited about it, a lot of people go for a lot of different reasons. And I don't think that anyone should be obligated to uh, to give their, you know, their conversion story to Jesus Christ, because I don't think that everybody has the same thing, whether wandering down the aisles, singing hallelujah or whatever. I, I just don't. I, to me, that would be disingenuous. I agree with that. Thanks a lot. But the larger point is. You know, there was so much talk about it, and he, you know, he first says, oh, this is not a Christian nation. It, you know, it's not a Christian nation. I don't think he it is. That. Oh, yeah, he said it. Oh, uh, he no, said no, it. No, no, I don't think it is. I, w- I would agree yeah, with the statement. I don't think it is. I either. think that Thomas Jefferson, uh, Ben Franklin, and to a lesser extent, John Adams, uh, his uh, his cousin, Samuel Adams, um, you know, and, and their deism was a very popular uh, religious thought process at the time, and it was essentially the atheism of its time in Madison, too. Mm-hmm. So, well, I, going back to my original comment, why don't why doesn't media like yourself and everyone else stop running to the pulpit, and making excuses for him, speaking for him? He's such a great, brilliant guy. Let him speak for himself. No, it's not like he's ever going to come on. He's never going to come on my show. <laughs> have you heard Free Talk Live before? Because I don't think we make excuses for him. Actually, we really like criticize. All politicians when you, when, a lot. When you were reading over the statistics, well, and you're kind of making fun about how many of these people. It's like it 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 it, it, it speaks to one thing, and that is this: nobody can question him him about anything. I don't think that's it speaks to that for me, no, Steve. I, what it says to me is that uh, the jingoism that's involved in um, you know sort of the Republican and remember. I'm an elected Republican, and so I feel that I can speak to this with uh, with with some alacrity. Is that you know there's a certain amount of people that want to be able to say that that man's different than us, and I think that's really what it is. You know, they I can't mean, relate. To it's him. a way to to designate the other. Can you turn Steve? Turn down your radio if you would, please. Um, it's a way to point out how somebody's different. Is uh, well, there's a funny feedback, and maybe it's oh, not it's your probably fault. our Pardon phone. Me. Yeah. So it's a way to say that this person's different, that he's not like us, and he shouldn't be in the office. And I think that he's, you know, really not that much different than any other politician. He's a lying snake in the grass, just like Bush was, just like Clinton was, just like his daddy Bush you know, was, that, and just let, like let Reagan was. Let, let, let me speak to that. Let, you know, everybody that says it's, it's like this country for three years and all the misery everybody wades through with the economy and everything else. Nobody can say anything just about Obama. So let's keep the traction right there. No one, it's like, I mean, it's it's like we can't say anything about Obama. We've got to say everything about, uh, we've got to include Bush. We've got to wrap our arms around, oh, he's a bad guy. You don't guy. think well, the economy that's, that's how is we somehow feel. related to Bush? <laughs> Excuse me? You don't think the economy is in any way related to Bush and the decisions that he made? Well, I think we've had three and a half years, and we can 
could have made a lot of difference. Agreed. Absolutely. Obama's form of crony capitalism will not get us out of a uh, a recession, but nor will uh, Mitt Romney. I mean, I just don't, you know, I don't see either one of these guys doing anything to... to Maybe you should vote for Obama. I've been listening to you, and I've listened to you before on Sunday evening. It sounds like that's where your heart is. I mean, I listen to you guys on Sunday evening. Yeah, I had the opportunity like, to, and I didn't I, I didn't vote for anyone, actually. Yeah, I'd probably vote yeah. for Gary Johnson. Well, it's, it, 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 you know, back to Obama. I mean, there's so many nonsensical things that's happened, but in every little thing, no one questions him. It's he gets like, questioned all the time. Look, I, if I was the president, I'm not going to go up there and say for the 47th time, no, MFers, I'm not a Muslim. <laughs> like, I don't have to answer that question again and again and again. I mean, like, there's that question has been answered. Now, where's the birth certificate? I think there's a better uh, argument to be had there. As far as I'm concerned, that birth certificate doesn't look like my birth certificate. And I I have some questions as to why that might be so. That doesn't mean I don't believe he was born in the United States, because I know a lot of investigative reporters have put a lot of time into that, and I tend to believe them. But I do wonder why his birth certificate doesn't look like mine. So I think that's a better question. But whether he's a Muslim or not, I just but I mean, what I, requ- I think it's been answered. There's, there's no requirement for him to be Christian or Muslim. I mean, maybe some no, people. No, there's not. And that's not why I call. The reason why I call is nobody, it seems like every time anybody questions him, they get beaten down a little bit in the media. The, the, the media for Obama, for, for whatever reason, I don't know. I think the media is for the state, but I think they're slightly more Democrat than they are Republican, sure. so I'll give you some. <laughs> That's a good punchline. Slightly. That's I think incredible. It's slightly. I think it's I think they're, they're much more just fascist uh, socialists. Thanks thanks for the call. 855-450-3733. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. You likely buy all kinds of things online. Amazon is the largest online retailer. You can get what you need at the same prices with free super saver shipping by going to shop.freetalklive.com. Please do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. If that includes uh, Obama being a Muslim, I would uh, love to hear about it. 855-450-3733. Stephanie, did you get the impression that that fellow doesn't feel like we're uh, you know mainline Republicans? Yeah, I did get that impression. But pretty much like once a week, we get called, or mostly I get called, liberals. <laughs> I think you're more liberal than me. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, probably. The, the classic. But I wouldn't say I'm a liberal. Yeah. Do you, do you have a term? Do you have terminology to describe yourself? Uh, not really. This is the problem with the left-right paradigm. Yeah. I don't like the left-right paradigm because it's just so simple. I don't believe. 
I believe that the government is a group of thieves and liars that use taxation in order to rob us. Yeah, so where does that put you? That puts me at a, that makes me pretty conservative. <laughs> that puts you outside of the left-right paradigm. Right, because I mean the right just wants to, you know, you to pay taxes to, you know, fund the military. The left wants you to pay taxes to fund well their their version of the military which they want to be small and ineffective mm-hmm. but used whenever somebody's uh, you know, being threatened. And they also want you to to feed the poor folks and, you know, make sure that they've got a fair shake or whatever it is that is you know they, they, their story is i don't go for that i don't believe in that um i'm fiscally conservative but i think you should be able to do in your life what you want to do as long as what you want to do doesn't affect other people negatively i mean i don't think that you should use force or fraud to get what you want so you know as long as you're not lying and you're not hurting people then you should be able to do what you want to do and that's all i think now I want to treat Obama fairly because I don't really truly have a race in when it comes to the president. And frankly, I have a horse in the race, I should say. And frankly, I don't think anybody listening to me really does. I don't think that the, the office <laughs> Most of president... Most people are choosing between two people that they don't like and they're like, well, which one don't I like more? Okay, I'm going to vote against Agreed. that one. <laughs> but let's not forget that your vote is largely meaningless from a mathematically standpoint. I mean, I live in a purple state which already means that my vote is worth more. If you live in California, you might as well not bother going to vote for Mitt Romney because he's not going to win California. Yep, that's true. I don't care what you do. Or Massachusetts or whatever. If you live in Massachusetts, if you live in Oregon, if you live in Washington, if you live in New York State, if you live in Vermont, don't bother going to the polls and voting for Mitt Romney because it won't matter. If you live in Texas, if you live in... Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, um, you know, many of the the red states out there. I I hope I've named enough of them off to be fair as the the list on the other side I gave. Mm -hmm. You might as well not go to the polls and vote for Obama. It won't matter. Now, I live in a state that where it's a purple state, but it went for Obama in 2008 by some number like 70,000. I'm not going to fool myself to believe my wife and I, who who we collude ahead of time in order to get our uh, voting together, so that our You're uh, you a know very powerful voting block. We, we double our effectiveness. <laughs> I'll tell you that, which is already you know it's double zero basically. Uh, it's not zero. It's an infinitesimal number approaching zero. Um, it really comes down to certain counties in certain states, and you're probably not living in one of those counties. No, nah, it's not really counties as much. I mean, counties can be the the seats. So there certainly mm-hmm. can be important counties, but states have electoral. Um, you know, numbers. So, I mean, if you are in, you know, the the county in Florida way on the one end, and I don't know what it is, but over there by Pensacola, or you're in Key West, your vote's going to count towards those electoral uh, college votes. Now, Nebraska and uh, Maine are a little different with their um, their electoral votes, but those are the oh, only they two split states. Them? Yeah, they have splits, yeah. but. You know, usually it doesn't matter. You mm-hmm. mathematically, usually um, all the electoral votes in those states. go. I would go so place. far as to say it doesn't usually even matter in a town election. I mean, usually, it, usually it doesn't. But in a town election, some towns, I mean, sometimes you'll see as few as dozens of votes cast for an individual in a town. So I'm not going to say on a local level that vote that voting doesn't count because I, you know, I've seen it happen that it does. Um, but I mean, I, I definitely on a statewide thing, I wouldn't drive to the polls. It's not worth the energy. I think voting is a thing is a bone that p- 
politicians throw people to make them think that they have power, but they really don't have much. No, I don't think that. I think if that any, that's a, at a, all. absolutely the truth. I think that, and I don't think it's necessarily the politicians. It's just a, it's sort of the system. I mean, basically, we elect you a, can't new, vote. a new king every four years. And yeah, you can't vote to get to radically change the system. I mean, you really can't. You can choose um, politician A or politician B, but there's not going to be any fundamental change that's ever going to occur through voting. Indeed. Very, very little. Very, very little. Um, that, that and you it could can ever easily hope. be undone, you know, if politicians want to undo it. You'll be it. far more effective by getting involved in your local uh, party and, you know, that kind of thing. If you if you want a hobby. <laughs> and that's what this is. Yeah, is. I mean, it's a very uninteresting hobby. Uh, if you want a hobby, you can get you can get involved in your local politics and have a big effect on um, you know a, a much larger effect than voting. You could not vote and still be involved in your local party and have a much larger effect. But whether it's Democrat or Republican or whatever, but how much time and effort and energy and money are you, you willing want to trade to, really. for that? You really have to want to. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I necessarily would. I obviously want it some because I'm willing to do such a thing. Uh, but, you know, th- that's the case. So I, I don't think that this ter- this left-right paradigm terminology is it works. I don't have a good, uh, you know, I don't have a good explanation for what I am. I what? like I'm a neo-abolitionist, but um, <laughs> that's just because I don't believe people should be enslaved. And I believe that governments are enslaving organizations. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's the best I got. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you could call me a freedom lover, a voluntarist, a libertarian, a liberty person. I, I don't really know. I mean, we've even been called liberalitarians, and I almost like that for myself, too. But I, it has a lot of connotations attached to it. Yep. So, I, but I'm curious, Mark, why did you say you think I'm more liberal than you? I, you, you just if, have, if we're both outside of the paradigm. You're interested in, in issues that tend to be uh, more liberal oriented. Uh, you're mm-hmm. interested in feminist issues. I don't think you're a feminist, uh, but that's, you know, it's not a t- title I get to pick for myself. Well, this you, is the reason I you hate. think a feminist is a woman with short hair who hates men. I think that uh, feminists. <laughs> You've said that I, on the air before. <laughs> th- there's that. Um, there's also uh, feminists or people that. Uh, you know that they want women to be treated exactly the same as men in all scenarios i don't think that that works they also want situations where women have more power that they that they will advocate for power for women to the exclusion of men yeah i'm not one of those right i don't think you are so therefore i don't think you're a feminist um i mean you know that that's those people own that terminology and (laughs) well Okay, I, I have trouble coming up with alternative words for yeah. it, though. You just I think really people should be treated fairly. Yeah, you know? I do. I mean, that's all. And now, I, do. I don't think that your terminology, what you mean by fair, necessarily always lines up with what I mean by fair. But if we were willing to have a conversation about what's fair, then that's fine by me. Mm-hmm. But I don't think the left-right paradigm. I'm certainly not going to use the government to enforce my definition of fairness. Right. I mean, I might have a conversation about it, but that's the government about it. is the opposite of fairness. Oh, the yeah. government is using force to get what you want to get what some people want at the expense of others right if you want uh you know the if you want the nation properly protected against terrorists whatever those people might be and you want the world occupied by you know 130 nations and a thousand military bases and you want to use the government to tax people to do that that's force as far as i'm concerned if you want to feed the poor and you want to tax me to do it that's force as far as i'm concerned I just think that the best solutions come outside of the political paradigm. Here, here. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. What's your thoughts about the left-right paradigm? Where do we fall as far as you're concerned? 855-450-FREE. 
The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love, but make sure you give three bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. Left-right paradigm, Obama's a Muslim, whatever you want to talk about, 855-450-3733. I want to tell you about Bitcoins, though. Bitcoins are the new internet currency. They are a form of money that you can use on the internet. You can send and receive money without being charged any fees. It's real nice. Without your account being locked down, chargebacks, all the problems that you might have with whatever system you use to send money, send and receive money on the internet, Bitcoins pretty much has that solved. And um, you can get them at, or excuse me, you can find out more at weusecoins.org. Go over there, you'll They've got all the information to start out figuring out what Bitcoins are and how they'll work for you. There's certainly a learning curve. There's no doubt. But you can get your own Bitcoin account, be sending and receiving them in just a few minutes. Of course, you'd have to have them. Uh, The way to get them is to go to bitinstant.com. You can uh, deposit cash at banks and uh, convenience stores and drug stores and 700,000 locations across the world at bitinstant.com. They make it easy for you to get Bitcoins. It's bitinstant.com. Stephanie, let's go to the phones here. Uh, Philip, calling from Michigan. Philip, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Well, I want to talk about the left-right paradigm that you guys are just talking about. Okay. Um, I think that us as libertarians, whoever that us is, as you know, we're not really a group. Um, I think that we're, we're kind of extremists as far as both the left and the right. We have some ideas that are that line up with the extreme left. And then we have some ideas that line up with the extreme right. Yep. An example might be uh, with the extreme left, we're all big on, uh, you know, government. Uh, we're big on the Fourth Amendment. We're big on the Fifth Amendment. But then also on the extreme right side, we're also big on the Second Amendment. And uh, and also we're big on government leave our money alone. Yeah. It's true. I mean, it, it makes it it makes it very difficult to. I mean, does that make a person who agrees with the the right and agrees with the left on different issues? Does that make them a moderate in the middle? Because it doesn't seem like it. <laughs> it's more like a well, statist. Well, well, you know, let's say you have a collection of data points, and uh, your collection of data points is zero point five, nine and a half, and ten. Does that make you a moderate? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't seem like that would make you that. I mean, the, but that's what that would. I don't even know how to answer that question. Whenever I get, you know, fill, fill out some kind of research that's asking me specifically whether I'm a, you know, conservative or a liberal or a progressive, whatever terminology they want to use, moderate, I don't even know what to answer. Even when they it's say a, libertarian, I don't even know what to necessarily mm-hmm. if I qualify as a libertarian. It's important. Uh, I think I- 
how they ask the questions. There are lots of polls where, where like basically they'll say, are you a libertarian? And people will overwhelmingly say no. But then they'll say they'll basically ask questions that say, well, are you socially liberal but fiscally conservative? And most people, like 60 percent of people, by some measures, will say yes. So it it all depends on. Like people really attach a lot of baggage to labels, which is why and definitions. Yeah, mm-hmm. they may not they may not know what a definition, a certain definition is. Yep, right. A lot of people think libertarian means you are liberal, and you are <laughs> socially liberal in that you believe that people should be able to do what they want with their lives. Now, I'm not myself socially liberal. I pretty conservative guy. I mean, you know, I live a conservative life. I believe that, you know, I believe that that's for me the best way to live, but I don't care whether you've got two wives or not. <laughs> exactly. And, and like I said, I think I think the reason why we have a hard time identifying is because because we're so principled generally. Um we have uh, our principles line up with the extreme on each side because it's not really the sense of compromising in the middle. And so, therefore, our views are extreme on each side because of our principles, I I believe. There you go. Phil, I appreciate the call. Thanks for calling in and uh, talking to us about the left-right paradigm. 855-450-3733. You can call in your thoughts on the left-right paradigm. We'd be happy to hear them. Um, I just find it an inadequate way to describe things. Um, You know, one of the first things that uh, I get asked, I I make telephone calls for free talk live to get advertisers here. I do the, I'm not only the host, but I'm a sales guy too. And one of the first things that the businesses, business owner will ask is, well, are you lefty or a righty? And uh, well, <laughs> how do you answer that? I question? I don't know. Um, uh, I, I mean, I just don't even know how to answer that question. It's very difficult. Uh, you know what? What I am is, is I'm a person that believes that I believe in peace, freedom, personal responsibility. I think that uh, free people working towards a decision are the best ones to come up with a solution, and I think that politicians are generally the worst ones. Most people won't disagree with that statement. Mm-hmm. Most people won't, but they'll use the government to get what they want. And that's where, it, uh, you know, it's, it's a difficult situation. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think I, I, I celebrate when the government does just things, when they do the right thing. Wait, when do they do that? It happens. <laughs> <laughs> they make I'm the trying right to think of an sometimes. example here and I'm having trouble. <laughs> well, I understand it can be difficult, but sometimes they, they come down on what, whatever side of the story that I believe is the right one. But they came there through unjust means. And those means are stealing money from people at the point of a gun. That's what taxes are. It's a threat to kick you off your property or put you in prison in order to get what you get, get, get what they want. And I think that that's wrong. Yes, it is. And it's important to realize that even if you, if you want like some me or some ends that you think is, is good, like feeding the homeless or, you know, helping people out, giving people health insurance, there are other ways to accomplish that that don't involve threatening people if you don't pay or taxes. Or putting people in, po- in power that threaten people. Mm-hmm. And power corrupts. I mean, it does. Th- they've actually it's done science behind yeah. it that power corrupts. And Lord it, Acton was right, even though he didn't have those studies. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could take a look. I mean, here, uh, I've got a story from the Sun Sentinel at sunsentinel.com. It says, cops are among the worst speeders. It says, we've all seen it, and now there's proof. Police officers sworn to uphold our traffic laws are among the worst speeders in this the South Florida. This is going to be a great article. Roads. I can already tell. I mean, they've I mean, many news stories. This is this is old hat for news companies doing this kind of thing. I, I love the ones where they, uh, you know, they they get cops rolling through stop signs because it's difficult 
to, you know, cops can always say, well, I was on my way to a scene. I just didn't have my lights on, mm-hmm. you know, for the speeding thing. But, you know, just rolling through a stop sign. Yeah, yeah that's not that's not cool. <laughs> well, think about it. If you were a cop and there was no way that you could get in trouble for those things. Very would, would much you, lower chance. Would you stop at every stop sign? Who w- stops at every stop it, sign? No, I mean. A stop sign. A stop sign means. Now, I'm not. If talking I do, about, it's because I'm afraid of getting pulled over. Right. Or the only time anybody does this stop, the right stop, is when a cars are coming and it's d- dangerous to do otherwise, or b there's oh, yeah. a cop behind you. Well, that's important. The, I left out the danger part. I do full stop when it's dangerous. Rock back stop. Yeah. You have to come to a stop. The car has to rock back. And this is what I was taught in uh, government school mm-hmm. about go- by a government paid teacher about driving on government roads now i could be wrong but i believe you have to make the full rock back stop and if you don't then they could give you a ticket and now, they how, may choose not to and but what they if, can what if you say that you did rock back and they say you didn't i mean who's going to win out of well, course, obviously the police officer is. the I court mean, is on the same team with them so yeah of course their word's going to be better than yours and that's why people don't take things t- to trial yeah so here we go. A three-month uh, Sun Sentinel investigation found almost 800 cops from a dozen agencies driving 90 to 130 miles an hour on our oh highways. Oh, goodness. Wow. This is written in South Florida for South Florida. Um, That's kind of brave of them to publish that. Don't you think? I mean, usually they don't, local newspapers don't challenge the local police. Yep. Sally, Sally Keston and John Mayers, they're getting tickets. Um, <laughs> many weren't authors. even on duty. They were commuting to and from work in their take-home patrol cars. The extent of the problem uncovered by the newspaper shocked South Florida's police brass. Come on. Really? I mean, I saw an interview (laughs) with these people. Really? Well, it's really unacceptable that you caught our police officers doing this. Yeah, they were shocked that they got caught. Right. I mean, it's just nuts. They were shocked that they would have the... the Huevos to do this. Back in my day, this. they didn't. We 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 would have never ever used our funny colored car to go with the silly lights on the top to go faster than everybody else when we didn't need to. Come on, <laughs> color me unacceptable. That's yeah, a, unsurprised. Uh, unsurprised. Yeah, yeah. No. 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 You. If I had a car that was painted a specific color that meant that it didn't get pulled over, you don't think I'd speed? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you? 855-450-3733, Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends, you like Free Talk Live, like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook. Talk Live, 855-453. It's a SACL toll-free call in line. Maybe I can slip you in. I don't know why I'm giving that number. It's uh, Mark with you. And Stephanie. Free Talk Live, final segment, final hour. Well, but we'll be back uh, next week. Or excuse me, not, we'll be back next week on Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. But uh, Free Talk Live is seven days a week. You can go to freetalklive.com, download all the episodes there for free. Uh, you can go to archives, get uh, the last six years worth for free. 
And we're on seven nights a week, as I said, from 7 p. to 10 p. Eastern Time. Let's go straight to the phones. Take Mike from El Paso. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, you were talking about that uh, article out of, uh, I'm going to take that to Orlando. It's uh, like south Central. south of that. Okay. Anyway, you know, talking about the cop speeding uh, and their uh, take-home patrol cars. Well, I, I have a friend. I was friends with this guy in high school, and he was he's honestly one of the few cops I know that wasn't either A, a bully, or B, picked on horribly in, in high school, uh, that became a cop. And he, uh, we were on a trip in his personal vehicle. We weren't even in our home state. And we're going 80, 90 miles an hour in a 65 area. Okay. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course, we get pulled over. The, the state trooper that pulled him over, he comes up to the window. My buddy when he hands him the driver's license, flashes the badge, and all of a sudden it was, oh, well, as a professional courtesy, I would just like to tell you to slow down and not write a ticket. Wow. So, <laughs> so they do it in their personal cars because they know they can get away with it because that's... that's I've heard similar stories. I've heard similar stories here in New Hampshire from somebody who Free Talk Live listeners may know. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, it, it, this is what happens. I am a, a firefighter, uh, and... I know that you know the, the firefighters are busy putting stickers all over their cars and little plates that uh, designate what department you're in so that uh, you know and I can only assume that to some extent obviously to some extent that's intended so that uh, they're not pulled over on their way to a fire but right. come on I mean really there's not some uh, you know courtesy there I leave my helmet in the back of my car and I do it for a reason um, it's not so that I'm going to have my helmet there. I could leave that right by all my other gear if that's what I wanted to sure. have. It's kind of the badge of what I do. And, I mean, you know, that that, that hat allows me to get away with uh, certain things. I don't generally get I me. Mean, I haven't. I don't know that it's necessarily been effective for me. The one time I got a ticket in the recent history in the last five years or something like that, I happened to be on a trip and took the helmet out. So. You know, I don't have a, an effective way of communicating that I'm a firefighter without uh, looking like I don't just, hey, don't give me a ticket. So whatever. But <laughs> What about one of those license plate things that says like volunteer firefighter or whatever? Yeah, they don't have them from my town. Oh, too bad. We're too cheap. Mike? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it, it, and that's the thing. I mean, when I was a uh, child, my dad was a volunteer firefighter and, well, in the state of Virginia, they actually let him run red lights in his car. So when he was on call, definitely he flipped on the alternating red lights. Yep. He looked like a like did, a fire truck going. Did down he the do road. it when he was not on call? Like, did he do that outside of the times when he was supposed well, to? Yeah, at the time, the car that he owned looked very much like a police cruiser. So, if somebody was going slow in a fast lane, he put those lights on to get them to move over so he could pass them. Oh, wow. He did. Wow. <laughs> you know, you know, people will do this. I mean, and I, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying what's wrong is, is <laughs> that this is a very human thing to do. And you know, I'm 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 unsurprised. So when you give people power, of course, that power is going to be abused. the The problem even, is the giving of the power. Yeah, even EMS will do that. I mean. It's it's so illegal to do that. You know, like they're not supposed to put on their lights unless they are actually going to an emergency mm-hmm. or taking someone to the hospital. 
But really, they're never going to get pulled over when they have their lights on. So how is anyone ever going to know if they're abusing it? I well, I don't use, I don't have lights on my car. I'm not going to put them on my car. And the reason is, is I figure, I, you know, I'm a volunteer in a town. If I'm going the speed limit to get where I'm going to go, or even a little low, a little above, a little below, whatever, you know how people normally drive, I'm going to get there at about the same time, maybe. 30 seconds later than I would otherwise. Sure. This isn't a place with a highway in it or anything like that where I can really increase my speed. The only time that speeding really makes any kind of sense is when you're going on some kind of long trip. Of course, that's when you're at the, the, you know, the biggest disadvantage for law enforcement. Because you're out of state. So, yeah, yeah. When they can see that foreign plate. <laughs> Mike, thanks for the call. I really appreciate you calling Thank in you. here. Thanks. I've given the telephone number out. Um, real quick, I want to tell you about ManVentureOutpost.com. They've got camping, hunting, shooting gear. They've got the name brands, and they've got them at the best prices. They've got everybody's looking for ammunition right now. They've got the you know the ammunition you want, and they've got it at the best prices. They've got knives, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment, tents, everything the outdoors enthusiast needs, and they've got them at the best prices you're going to be able to find. I keep on stressing the prices because. They deserve to be stressed. You can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL from ManVentureOutpost.com. It's coupon code FTL, ManVentureOutpost.com. So, Stephanie, I mean, as, as far as uh, p- police officers using their uh, the lights here, I want to just go on with this, this story. Um, can we just make a point, like, before you start to do that? It's dangerous, You know, like the whole reason they pull people over ostensibly for speeding is because it's supposed to be endangering other drivers. But when you have a police car going 130 miles an hour, weaving in and out of lanes, probably. How else can you go 130 miles an hour? (laughs) I think that somebody who's going that much over the speed limit just causes people to freak out. I mean, it's one thing if you're talking about. And they do unexpected things because they're not comfortable. And that's when it creates a really dangerous situation. Absolutely. Um, And. You know, I mean, I'm I'm against speeding because it's dangerous. But I mean, I think that at the same time, when you're talking about being in a 70 mile an hour zone, people tend to creep up a little bit. They tend to get up. 90 seems to be the top end of what people find comfortable in this area. I think it's kind of silly to, uh, to to hand out tickets to people that are, you know, going with the speed of traffic, going a little bit more than the speed of traffic. If they're not a danger to other people. I don't really see any particular reason to give them a ticket. Sure. It's, you know, but one of these cops was pulled over for doing 120 in his patrol car by another cop. They've got the video. She's freaking out on him, and he deserves to be freaked out on. <laughs> they got one guy for going 130, and it's nuts. I mean, wow. I'm surprised those cop cars can even get up that high. <laughs> oh, no, they can fly. Uh, yeah. There's no doubt. Those big American cars can move. Mm. Um, evidence came from uh, p- police sun past toll records the sun sentinel obtained a year's worth and they hit the highways with a gps device and figured out how fast the cops were driving based on the distance and time it took to go from one toll plaza to the next one uh, chief police says it's a blatant violation of public trust which of course is what he has to say even though he's done it Uh, speeding (laughs) cops can kill since 2004 florida officers exceeding the speed limit have caused at least 320 crashes and 19 deaths only wow. one officer went to jail that makes for it... 60 days. Oh, my. That makes I wonder it really how long real. you'd go to jail for going 130 miles an hour and killing somebody. Oh, they'd throw away the key. They'd, find, they'd figure out some drug that you were on, whether it was caffeine or what, and they'd get you for driving under the influence. You'd go on, they'd bury you under the jail. 
A cop with a history of on-the-job wrecks smashed into South Florida college student Erskine Bell Jr. as he waited at a red light oh. in Central Florida three years ago, hitting him at 104 miles an hour. Oh, my gosh. Bell is now severely brain damaged. Oh. And this is the problem with giving, you know, these people have a monopoly on giving out tickets. It makes them the ones that are able to decide. Look, if you want to give out tickets, if you think that's the best way to keep people from speeding, I say robots. I say, uh, you know, you know, you put these gizmos up on the side of the road and that way, because for one, I think most speed limits are too low. I think that they do actually didn't we read an article once that said they they set them in the lowest 30 30th percentile of speed so basically if you let everybody drive at the natural speed at which they felt comfortable 70% of people would be driving faster than the speed limit yeah and that, you know therefore it's just a revenue generation tool if you really believed that it was i mean you, you just the problem is is you can never find out who's watching the watchers if you let robots out there people are just gonna you know with the you know the speed camera things you don't need these cops you need to pay them these huge pensions and let them retire 20 years later i mean most of these that's what most patrol cops are doing so i mean you could replace them with automa- automation but their union's so strong you, you you're not going to be able to pull it off people are going to say oh well you know in this in this that instance whatever i mean you know if you really just wanted you know make it so pe- i mean i've heard the traffic calming uh, measures like speed bumps and these little medians and things like that are more effective curvy roads are effective in uh, diminishing uh, speeders mm, and stuff like that but you know to some extent when you're talking about the highway it's the speed limit that causes the problem. Mm-hmm. The people going the speed limit bottleneck the whole operation, and people are trying <laughs> to get around them. It causes more danger. It's been Mark with you. And Stephanie. And uh, you can check out freetalklive.com. In the meantime, you can get involved in our website. We've uh, You're able to upload stories, link to stories, uh, web websites, videos, whatever you want at freetalklive.com. And we'll be back. 21 short hours. Free Talk Live. 